This episode is brought to you by Netflix. Hold your carriage horses and tighten those corsets. Bridgerton is back. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Has Penelope truly pushed aside her feelings for Colin? Will Colin realize his feelings before another suitor takes Penelope's hand? And will Penelope's secret identity as famed gossip writer Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? This gentle reader can't wait to find out. Watch part one of Bridgerton, only on Netflix May 16th. A quick note before we get into the episode, Oversharing is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical or psychological advice. Always seek the advice of your physician or mental health professional. Hello and welcome back to Oversharing. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. How's everything? I hear you might have an eventful morning after this. Ah, I'm so torn. So as you know, we have a puppy. Well, she's not a puppy anymore. She's a full-blown dog. She's like a year and change. And I was very hesitant. I had, you know, my beloved Ralphie. He was like the dog that I had. He was just mine, my single life when I was by myself. And just like going through life, I had that dog. And then he passed away right at the beginning of the pandemic. And then I was very hesitant to get another dog. But the kids and Jeff all really wanted a dog. So we did it. And it's like this seeking mindset. It's never enough. Now they want a second dog. How do you feel about that? As I'm speaking this, I feel tightness in my chest um, <laughs> in this very moment. I just feel like I, you know, I, I, our dog is Penny. I love her. She's a really, really good, well-behaved, sweet dog. We have a doggy door. She goes in and out by herself. But there's something about taking on more of like a mental load and responsibility that makes me anxious because I feel like sometimes I'm already like right there at my limit of how much I can handle. Right. Well, how are, how are the kids in terms of like taking care of the dog? You know, we keep using that. Like we went, when we went away on vacation last week, the whole thing Mm -hmm. was like, okay, maybe if you guys can show us that you can, you know, not bicker and not cause more stress and, you know, they pick up the poop in the backyard. That's an undesirable task that they complete. So that's good. They really do. They do a pretty good job. I don't, I think it's almost like an irrational fear. Just, I I don't do much. Like we went into the agreement with the first dog, Jeff and I, that he was going to do the lion's share because I was feeling already overloaded and didn't want it. And he's really, he did all the training in the beginning. He did the you know, puppies have to be, it's like a newborn. They have to go out in the middle of the night. It's like mm-hmm. a big deal. So he did all that. So I think I just need to breathe through it. It's, it'll be nice for her to have a companion. So, right. So after this, we're supposed to go and see some puppies, but I think this time we're just going to totally surprise the kids with it. Like just bring it home. Oh, wow. Yeah. You'd probably be obsessed with that. Yeah. That's so exciting. That's going to be fun. I have, I have a question about what you just said about like, you're kind of saying you're already overwhelmed. You don't really want to take care of another one necessarily, or even the first one. What do you, I'm sure you see that in like couples therapy or that kind of thing all the time. What are your like thoughts on the ethics of like, you can do this thing and it'll be like in our home, but I want it to be, I think I've, I've 
feel like I've heard this among people who maybe like one person doesn't really want kids mm-hmm. or already had maybe like has kids from a previous relationship, doesn't really want more. And the other person's like, well, I'll do all the work. Yes. Is that ethically sort of a good way to go? I, mean, I know obviously a dog is different than a child. I think right. it's a little different. I'm not saying it's the same, but it did make me think of wondering what your thoughts are on the ethics of that. Totally. I've seen, I've definitely seen that with couples. Just the example that you described where maybe someone already has kids, they get remarried, that person wants kids and they're kind of like, I don't have it in me, but I want you to be happy. And, you know, I don't really have the time to dedicate. I think if it's a, if it's an agreement that you make and you both kind of stick to it, you have to realize that you might not have the parental relationship that you want if you're being like a completely or close to hands-off parent. So that's something you Mm -hmm. have to recognize, you know, like you might be going to things alone. You might be taking on more than what you, you know, realize you're taking on. But I think if you want it badly enough and you want the relationship badly enough, it's a compromise that works for some people. And it shifts and changes over time. I think sometimes people say like, I don't really want to do this. And then once they're in it, they're kind of like, you know what, I, maybe it would be fun to coach the soccer team or whatever, you know? Right. And then I, but I also guess there's like another element of it, probably not there with a dog about like, how is it fair to the child to like give them a parent that already is not that excited or interested in having them? And I see what you're saying about changing. Whereas with the dog, it's like the dog isn't going to be offended that you initially maybe <laughs> right. weren't that right. interested in having another. Right. Yeah. I think there's a difference between a parent that's like, you know, and I, and you, this is probably one of those situations where you'd want to go, I don't know if we ever talked about, there's like, I guess this kind of card game that has like all of the responsibilities of like a household. And then I don't know if there's a version or not for parenting. Like there's each card has a thing like load the dishwasher, unload the dishwasher, Mm -hmm. schedule the dentist appointment and you go through the pack and you're like, okay, this one's yours. This one's mine. This one's yours. This one's mine. Or this one's both of ours or whatever. I do think it'd be good to do something like that ahead of time. So you can really see in real time. Whoa, look at my stack here. Like my stack is huge. Your stack is tiny. How do I feel about that? Am I going to be okay with that? But I do think sometimes, and you can relate, there's this feeling of like, I just want a to be a mother or a father or whatever it is so badly that I'm willing to do this. And as far as, is it fair to the kid? I think if they're going to be shown love and they're going to have care and you could have that situation anyway, without any, that's agreement. true. And I've yeah. seen that many times where it's just like gender roles kind of thing where one person's not doing whatever, because it's just, they didn't even think about it before they got pregnant. So I think there's worse situations if you're going into it, mindfully and with intention and you're saying okay i need you need to have certain level of you know care and love and affection for the child i do think if your parents saying like i want nothing to like if i was even with the dog if i was sort of like i'm not even going to love this dog i'm not going to pet this dog i don't want the dog coming anywhere near me don't leave me alone like even for a dog that probably wouldn't be Good, right. Let alone for a child. <laughs> let alone for yeah, a child. Yeah. There's there's different levels of of right. um of interest. There's right. like not fully interested, but if it's here, I'll like welcome it. Especially if I'm not taking care of it. Versus like I really am like deter like don't really want to be in its presence is obviously a bigger question. Right. I do think that people will oftentimes there's something there's like a biological thing I think that happens when you're around a you know little cute 
that's why babies are cute, right? So we take care of them. So right. I think sometimes people do come around more when there's an actual baby, especially if it looks like the person or, you know, you can kind of warm up there. But yeah, ethically, I think if it's an arrangement, you're I this arrangement that we had with our first dog worked beautifully. I set the boundaries. I basically said, like, I'm not doing any middle of the night. I'm not doing any, like, I'm not arranging vet visits. I'm not coordinating, like, medical care for the dog. And he's taken all never that did. on. And I never did. And I will not with the second one. As adorable and cute <laughs> as these puppies are at my max. So. Okay. Well, seems like you've got a, you're about to have a very full house. Three kids, two dogs. <laughs> Sounds like fun. You're going to have am, a great time. I am having a little anxiety around just like adding more chaos. I feel like you thrive in chaos though. You kind of yeah, don't really let it bad. phase it's, you. It's not, I, I do handle it pretty well, but I'm also kind of like, it's because sometimes I know my limits, you know, and I well, feel a little bit, well, I'll update everyone. I feel a little bit pushed past my limit. Do you feel like kind of like a sucker? Is that kind of what you're saying? You know what I feel like? I feel, <laughs> I feel like, like the Grinch. When I say okay. no, you know, like yeah. everyone else wants Bad a dog cop. and I'm like denying this adorable puppy. Like it's, they're so cute, you know, and right. how can you say no? And like, I feel a little like bah humbug. So that's part guess, of why. But that's sort of being a parent, I yes. think too, right? It's like if you weren't like that at all, your kids would just be running around like dirty and disheveled, only eating candy, I'm sure. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And some people definitely go that route. I've seen it. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's tough. I think it's going to be good. She's going to have a, a companion. So I think what I was going to say is it takes some of the guilt away. Like if we have to be gone for a long time and she's home alone, she'll have a little buddy. Right. So that might make us feel better. Okay. Well, good luck. Hopefully that you get the dog before uh, this episode comes out and the kids don't find a way to listen. Oh my gosh. Right. I don't now, know. Now you've got a, t- now you've got a timeline. <laughs> right. A ticking time bomb. I don't think they're going to listen. I hope they're, if they are, then I'm doing something wrong. They're not supposed to listen to this trash. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I'm excited to hear about it when, when you do get one, I'm sure it'll be very cute. I will keep you posted. And if I get overwhelmed, I will put her right into a nice little crate and send her in an Uber straight to your house. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll uh, see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you'd have, I think you'd need a little bit more than an Uber to go from Dallas to New York. Very expensive. Well, they have a pet. I don't, they have a thing where you can like, there's like a pet Uber. I've, I've never used oh. it. I don't know if you have to like get special permission to go in an Uber with a pet, but no, I didn't know about that. I don't think okay. it's sending the pet alone. I think you're supposed to accompany your pet. I would imagine. Yeah. You probably have to. Anyway, I'm anyway. not going to give you more logistical ways to give me a dog that I also want. <laughs> <laughs> Summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. 
I got the most beautiful silk skirt from Quince. I am so excited to wear it. It fits amazing. It is so well-priced for the high quality it is. It looks so expensive, but it's actually quite affordable. Quince has amazing items like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, so you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com oversharing for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash oversharing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com slash oversharing. Well, all right, let's get into our episode. We have our first overshare email. Um, If you guys want to leave us a voicemail, you can call 646-363-6294. But let's do our overshare. I'll read it. Hi, Jordana and Dr. Naomi. I love, love, love the podcast. Duh. My biggest thank you for the weekly wisdom, sisterly love, and laughs every week. I was hoping I could get some advice on the subject of marriage. For context, I, 27 female, have been with my boyfriend, 27 male, for a year and a half now. We have lived together for the last six months. Everything has been going swimmingly. We're just two peas in a pod. He's who I want to see at the end of a long day. We can easily talk openly about our differences, even tough subjects like intimacy or finances. Additionally, we're good at resolving our occasional arguments, and we share the same general thoughts about our goals for the future. My friends and family like him, and his friends and family like me. Currently, I'm very happy. My boyfriend and I have been talking about marriage for a little bit now. He's ready to take the leap and simply waiting for me to tell him what ring to buy. For me, I feel like I'm only 98% sure about the whole thing. The lingering 2% seems to center around one recurring thought. I can't help but think about how most people who have gotten divorced were probably happy and in love just like us on the day they got married. So what were they not aware of? And therefore, what could I not be aware of? And we'll send it all up in flames. I don't even know where this fear is coming from other than that one statistic, 50% of marriages ended in divorce that floats around the internet. My parents have been married for 30 years. My siblings are happily married. My two best friends have gotten married within the past few years, and there have been no complaints from either of them so far. None of my friends growing up even had divorced parents. So why am I so convinced that divorce is nearly inevitable and we're just too happy now to see it? Did either of you have this feeling before getting engaged or married? Was your perspective different having witnessed divorce and maybe knowing the actual reasons that the divorce was for. I'm not the most romantic or heartfelt person in general. So is this just my rational brain taking over? Is it a good thing that I'm aware and not blindly delusional? Or is marriage the sort of commitment that requires 100% certainty without any doubt? Thanks for the advice. A 98% sure fetch. And I included this email because I'd actually seen a few iterations of it in the email, slightly like different, but the same general concept about how positive one must be in this scenario? Totally. This is a great question. And I'm going to put this out there. This is not research backed. This is my own hunch. So everyone Mm -hmm. out there can kind of take it with a grain of salt. I believe that of that 50% statistic and I'm, you know, 50% of people get divorced. I would venture to say that large percentage of the, the people that are getting divorced had big issues or major doubts or things that they were pushing through without working on them 
beforehand that they probably mm-hmm. weren't talking about or weren't expressing. So I don't think that a hundred percent of people are sure on the day they get married and then 50% of that hundred percent that are sure are getting divorced. I think there are a lot right. of people, and I'm not talking about this person that's like 2% unsure. I'm talking about people who have major issues, who fight all the time, who have substance abuse issues, who have lots of complicated blended families and lots of different mental health issues or other, you know, complicating factors. That's a large percentage of the 50%. I'm not saying that there are not of that 50% that there are not people that were a thousand percent sure on the day of and still ended up getting divorced. I think that that does happen, but I think Mm -hmm. the statistic is not based on, okay, everyone is totally sure when they're walking down the aisle. I think a lot of people are not totally sure. Agreed. Not everyone is starting at all on the same place. And in terms of her 2% of doubt, I mean, I actually think it's a little healthy to have like a sense of nothing is 100%. If you think something is 100%, there's that's just like a little delusional. Like absolutely nothing is 100% guaranteed to work. And to know that is a realistic view. I think all one can do is is go in feeling really strongly about the person they've chosen, feeling really good about their connection, feeling like you and your partner are both willing to work on any issues that might come up and are really dedicated to making it work when it when it might not be like this, when it might get harder or tougher, you have a rough spot that you're both willing to go into it and you feel like the other person is happy to do that, even if it isn't feeling like two peas in a pod at the moment, because I'm sure every marriage has times where two people are not feeling like two peas in a pod. Totally. Yep. I completely agree. And I think if if her doubt was at like, if she was at 60%, I'd be a lot more concerned. Two per, mm-hmm. You know, like 98% is pretty good start. And I think you're right. That 2% is healthy because it's funny because at our sister's wedding, our youngest sister's wedding, I gave a speech that was like not exactly the most romantic. I think a lot of people, when they give a wedding speech, like to kind of do a thing where they're like, you know, oh, you guys are perfect together. And like, it's rainbows and butterflies. And these are all the reasons why you're an amazing match. And my speech was kind of like, shit's going to hit the fan. And you have to sort of be married to marriage. You know, you have Mm -hmm. to be, I don't think there's a perfect person out there for each person. I'm spiritual, but I don't necessarily believe that you have one soulmate in the universe and you just are destined to find them. And then unless you find them, you're going to, it's not going to all work out. Like if you pick the wrong person, I think if you're both committed to the idea of working through, get being patient, you know, doing therapy, if you need it, open communication, I think, you know, you could make it work with, not anybody, but I think there's a lot of people that you could probably make it work with if you're committed in the right way. So I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, I can relate to the fears of this kind of situation or especially having, you know, a mom has been married several times. Dad has been married a couple times, just feeling like everything I've seen doesn't really point to like statistically in my own world. It doesn't really feel like that happens that often. But then I think you think about like the difference between your lives and the lives of your parents and right. like the way that you interact with each other and the way that you've seen your parents interact with each other, honestly, even on like their best days, I think. And just noted, like like you said in the beginning, to bring it back to what you were saying, like we're not starting at the same place. Right. 
Right. The start. And then even just noticing, like, I think that's a good question. A lot of people, when they come from divorce, they end up being really afraid of divorce or like not, you know, afraid of commitment because they don't want to get divorced. But I think sometimes it can kind of feel like I'm doing this in a much different way. And that feels Mm -hmm. safe, like to know, okay, here's the way not to do it. I've like witnessed that I've, you and I have probably like, I know I've had many thoughts of like, oh, it's so obvious, like why this isn't working. There's like so many different paths that you could be taking other than the one you've taken. So it maybe almost makes you feel like you have a little more control when you're kind of like, okay, I see what's wrong. And I feel like I'm doing something every day to try to take a different path. Yeah. And I think if you're doing that on yeah, again, you're both. I think if you're going into it, you're both committed to like, like you said, committed to marriage, committed to each other, and you know, be, and you feel like it's a really healthy, strong relationship based on the similar values. Like, and you're going into it with that. That's that's all you can really do. And again, like, and if let's say that you are part of, let you you wind up being in that statistic. Let's say like you do. You, we all do the best we can. At the end of the day, something happens you grow apart, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you wind up splitting ways. Like you'll live. Yes. I yep. think the idea that something might, there's a chance, especially if it feels like a smaller chance that something might not work. You're not going to be like beheaded. Like totally. worst case scenario, you will live, you'll get through it. It'll be fine. Right. Totally. And then the risk of saying like, okay, I'm not going to marry this person because there's a 2% doubt or I'm going to break up with him then there's just as likely a chance that you either are not going to find someone else that is you're as sure about that per like there's so many things that could happen right. that trying to like control for every single variable feels exhausting so i like the idea of like i will be okay no matter what happens where i am right now weighing all the options this seems like a really great option and this is something right. i'm looking forward to doing and i could walk out into the street and get hit by a bus tomorrow too and that would be the end of all of this yeah Otherwise, like, why do anything? Like you said, like, why not? Why leave your house? Right. Statistically, like, (laughs) bad things can happen all the time. But I think you do the best you can with what you're given and, like, make really informed, well thought out decisions. That's the most you could do. Yeah. I think 98% is pretty close to what you're going to get. I agree. If you're 100%, there's probably even a little something wrong that you're not even acknowledging some struggles that you may have down the road for whatever reason. So enjoy, enjoy yes. this person, enjoy the security. And, it, you know, I would have this conversation with him and just say, there's this 2% and a big part of what even might make you feel better about that 2% is knowing that you can communicate and knowing that whatever comes up, you guys can, you know, you have that communication to work through it. So if you've gone through issues, if you've told him things that he doesn't necessarily want to hear if you guys have had arguments and you've like that's a big piece of what I think you have to go through before you get married so if you've done that stuff and you're able to communicate around it then that two percent is much easier to overcome this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. we all carry around different stressors big and small when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've been to therapy for many years, and I have to say, whenever I'm going through something really tough, therapy is the way out for me. It helps me like 
break down the issue, get to the heart of it and figure out ways to cope with whatever is stressing me out. Nothing has transformed my life quite as much as my therapy experience. I can't recommend therapy enough and BetterHelp is a great way into it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Overshare today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Overshare. Okay, do you want to read our Betch Assist yes, email? Yes, I'll read this. Hello, I love the podcast and look forward to it every week. I have a question about living close to family members. I live with my husband and we live next door to his parents currently. We just had a baby and I'm so overwhelmed by the proximity to family with having their first grandchild. Every time I'm outside, I feel like his parents come over the fence to talk. Every time I take my son for a walk, I'm stopped and sometimes even asked to come inside and visit so I don't get my steps in that day. These things bothered me before, but now I'm even more so desiring space for my in-laws. My husband isn't bothered by these feelings as much as I am and generally loves our home and neighborhood. He's open to moving, but I'm worried he'll resent me as now with prices and interest the way they are, I'm not sure we'll land in as nice of a home as we have currently. Can I have some perspective on mental health versus financial health and the importance of having space? Am I overreacting? No. Okay, I don't think she's overreacting <laughs> at all. I was going to say this sounds like a nightmare. Next door, over the fence. It's like everybody loves Raymond or something, yes. isn't that like the yes. premise, right? Yes. Yeah. No, that sounds very suffocating. I mean, <laughs> with no end date like in sight. Right. Yeah. So look, I mean, I do think she could, I mean, make lemonade out of lemons here. It's nice to have your in-laws in such close proximity to help you with your son. I'm sure that's probably part of why you did it. Um, I think there needs to be a very difficult conversation about boundaries and space. And mm -hmm. it's so obvious to me that this is not a typical situation that I'm almost, I would be surprised if the in-laws were like super offended that you were kind of like, Hey, you know, Sometimes when I go for a walk with the baby, I'm not going to stop because like, I just am in the middle of doing my thing and I need to, you know, it's not nothing, no reflection on you. I love you guys. I want to make plans, but since we live so close, I think it's, you know, to maintain, you know, boundaries, I think it's best if we like, you know, try to make plans to see each other instead of pop-ins or, you right. know, this type of thing, or for her to just be able to say, you know, when she sees the parents over the fence and they want to chit chat for her to just be able to say, wave hi, make a motion, like can't talk, got to go something right. and move on with her day. Yeah. I think it's very hard to set boundaries with like some parents who are not your own. There's just not that level of comfort. Yes. I think. Yeah. The, the husband might need to jump in and help here too, I think. Right. And it seems like I could see why she'd be like, this feels rude because you know, they're just being friendly or they're just being nice. But I think learning how to do that, and that's something I struggle with too, especially when like someone's just being really nice, but you're just kind of like, I want to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. That's really like the thing. It's just like wanting to do your own thing and wanting your home to feel like a place that you can do your own thing kind of all the time. Yeah, totally. I see this even just with people that have roommates. Like if you're living in an apartment and you have roommates and sometimes you just like don't want to speak. 
you know? Right. So like if you're both in the kitchen at the same time, like, and I've seen this work really well where it's like, if we're in the kitchen at the same time and I'm not speaking, I'm not mad at you. It's nothing you did. I'm just like, need to have my, I'm not in the mood for like chit chat right now. Right. I mean, that's the level of comfort I have with like, with like Mike. Right. But it kind of like, it would be a weird if his like mom was talking to me in the kitchen and I was like, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> I'm like on my phone now. This is yes. doing my like morning crossword. This is yes. like, it would just feel like I would feel like you talk. I mean, you just talked about feeling like the Grinch. Like I'd be, you know what I mean? It yes. would just be <laughs> totally right. I, I get that. And you know, it's like if you're in the house, that's different. She at least has a separate house, which is helpful. Right. Moving is a big deal. Like, I think that's kind of last resort. I would definitely try to have some of these conversations. Like, we love living near you. It's, you know, it's so nice. But this is, and just be real and say how you feel. Sometimes I'm just, you know, and I think the husband has to be there and kind of be supportive in this, like, boundary setting thing. Right. I don't see how she's going to be able to continue with this in a way that she feels like, you know, she's a new mom. She's probably tired. She doesn't get much time to herself. So she does. And she feels like it has to be filled with chit chat. I, I definitely think something's got to be done and she deserves to be able to set those boundaries. But, uh, this yeah. is a tough one. I think it's the kind of thing I would imagine if you practice it, comes easier right if you practice like with one thing like because again it seems like it's all of the things but if you start with one you start with like you know they wave you over when you're about to take your walk you say i'm actually just i'm just gonna take a walk with a baby like this is our thing we'll see you on sunday whatever like i think having a plan right yeah no i agree it's going to be awkward and maybe yeah. it would require like a pre or a follow-up that's why i like the idea of like either a pre-conversation or a follow-up conversation where you set the boundary, maybe the person gets a little bit offended and then you can have like, you can either have had the pre-conversation where they're like, oh, right. She said, it's not about me. She said, it's not this. Mm -hmm. She said she just needs like her alone time. Or you have the post-conversation where you come back and you tell them it's, you know, when you are in the mood to talk, it's not about you. I love you guys. This is just what I need to do for my mental health. So, I love alone, right? I love my alone time. Yeah, think about yourself and yes. your own like needs, right? And I think if they have pre-planned times where they're going to see each other, she can lean on that too and kind of be like, "Wave hi, see you Sunday," which is kind of like right. we have plans. We're going to see you. We love you. We're still here, but like until Sunday, I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, and all of this seems worth it if you can get like a ton of babysitting. Yes. Out. You know, I agree. That could be like the one really good. Maybe she hasn't used it yet because she just had the baby. Right. But she might find some silver linings in this next door arrangement. Might be worth putting up with the over the fence hellos if you could take like a five day vacation and totally. you have someone right next to your house. Yeah. I agree. I, I do think humans are really meant to raise kids in this way. Like, I think we're meant to kind of be close to family so that we can support each other. I think if you just set some good boundaries here and have those difficult conversations, you know, the four of you or the three of you or whatever it is, I think this could end up being a really great thing if they can see that you have boundaries and respect them. And it's probably not going to be as bad as you think it is to say it. Like I, yeah. I understand the fear of like, I don't want to have like a negative interaction with someone. Right. That I live next, especially that I live next door. Next door too. too. Right. Yeah. 
But I also think it's so reasonable. I think if these, if this mother and father-in-law like talk to 10 of their friends, zero of them live next door to their children. So they've got to realize that like, this is a unique situation that might require some unique firming up of boundaries. Yeah. Do you think you'd enjoy if Lila got married and moved next door to you? Oh yeah. I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she would love that, but I would love that. It's like great for the parents, I think, because you kind of get, it's like you have your house to yourself more than you ever did before, but you right. still have your kids close. Like I could see why it's appealing. Like I would love that if that was my kid, but I just wouldn't love that as a being on the other side of it. Right. I think rarely people do. Yeah. But I'm saying give them some of the, uh, give some them some of the other parts of living right next door like asking for favors and stuff and maybe they'll back up maybe they won't be waving as much well maybe they'll turn it around <laughs> you could turn it around if every time they wave you ask them to watch the baby <laughs> they might be they might stop waving after a while they might be avoiding you <laughs> you're like oh wait you know what actually i want us to get my nails done would you mind and just like pick the baby up right. put her right over the other side of the fence you'll never see them again <laughs> you don't have plans do you <laughs> Spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up. Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and get ready for summer. I take their yoga classes at least twice a week. I also love their core classes. I love that I can take it anywhere I go. If I'm traveling, I can always do a class. You can filter the classes by ones that don't need any equipment. I'm looking to get healthy. I'm looking to like feel good. And Peloton just makes it so easy. Peloton accommodates your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, Peloton has classes for you giving you the flexibility you need to move your body. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. If you can't run, take a walking class. If you want to level up, go to their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Or try yoga if you just need to ground yourself. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out so you can jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day. Peloton has everything you need to get where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Let's do some intentions. I'll read it. Okay. Dear Jordana and Dr. Naomi, thank you so much for your hard work and valuable insights on the podcast. I found many of the situations you discuss highly relatable and I recommend it to friends any chance I get. I'm writing in today with an issue that's been plaguing my family for months and could really use help setting an intention to deal with the complicated feelings that come with it. I'm one of four children in my family and the only girl. We're all fairly close in age with a seven-year difference between the oldest and youngest prior to all this happening. And prior to all this happening, I would have said that we were all very close with one another. Earlier this year, my older brother got married to his girlfriend of six years. They had a short engagement, about four months, and made the decision to elope. I'm also married, and while I went the traditional route with my own wedding, I very much understand why a couple would choose to elope. Despite being sad that I wouldn't be there to support my brother on his wedding day, I tried to set my own feelings aside and be happy for my brother. About two weeks before their wedding, I found out that they were inviting most of their large friend group and that we, our family, and his now wife's family were just not invited. I've tried so hard to reconcile this and understand why this was the case, but I'm coming up short. I've been struggling since then to not center my own feelings when my brother's wedding is about him and his wife and the day they wanted to have. 
I will add that I don't believe they got married quickly because of pregnancy or wanting to start a family as they are choosing not to have children. I can't help but feel hurt to have not been invited. And I know my parents and other siblings feel similarly. Aside from the occasional mom and dad are being annoying about XYZ rift, we really have a pretty close family. And I can't quite figure out what led to my brother's decision to not invite us to his wedding, especially because I know now that they did have guests attending. I think it's also worth noting that my brother and I are especially close and always have been. We've always been honest with one another, even if it hurts in the moment. I figured if there was some kind of problem or tension that led to this decision, I would have known about it. I've considered just asking him why he made this decision, but I haven't for the following reasons. One, I don't want to make him feel bad, especially because his wedding is not at all about me or my feelings. And two, this brother could be quite sensitive, and I worry that even with kid gloves, he would see this type of conversation as an attack and wouldn't want to damage our relationship further. I keep getting stuck in a thought pattern of my brother doesn't value our relationship as much as I do and feeling hurt that I didn't realize we weren't as close as I thought we were. At this point, I just need help moving on from these thoughts so I can maintain a happy relationship with my brother and support him and his new wife in their marriage. Can you help me set an intention to move past this and focus on the future? Thanks so much. Sad Sister Batch. So I think we need to come up with a name for a wedding where the family is all uninvited and it's just friends. Because it's not really an elopement when you're yeah. inviting your friends. I haven't heard of most of people doing this almost ever. So, but I I kind of get the urge. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure that there was maybe a small part of you that was like, okay, this like my my friends are all my chosen people. You know, there's nobody in there that's going to annoy me, and if they are, I can just like not invite them because they're not in my family. So I do get the urge on the brother's end, perhaps, of why he wanted to do this. I I think I have a feeling what's happening here which is that when she says her brother is sensitive and then she refers to the occasional mom and dad are annoying about X, Y, Z rift, right? Whatever that is, is probably a bigger deal to your brother than you realize, you know, whatever that thing that you're minimizing that you're like, Oh, mom and dad are being annoying. That probably is more annoying, especially if he's a sensitive person then you realize, and that's probably why he didn't want them there. Like, I think there's more going on on from his perspective than you realize about how he feels about your family in general. I agree. And I don't think it necessarily has to be about, is about her, but I think it probably, I think there's a whole mess of like logic that her brother could have gotten in, into in order to have made this decision. Maybe it's his wife's family also that, right. that they don't get along with and they felt uncomfortable just inviting his side of the family and not her side of the family. Right. Like there's a lot that could be going on behind the scenes that has absolutely nothing to do with you that could have gone into their thought process on I'm not going to invite any of these people. Right. But I also don't think it's like making the wedding about making it about you by asking. I think if you ask, now I wouldn't ask the day of he, that he got married mm-hmm. or even let's say a couple for a couple weeks after, but I think I don't think it would be offensive or taking the or making it about you to say maybe like a month after the wedding I really wish I could have been there like I felt a little hurt that I wasn't invited I'm not saying you did anything wrong I'm just wondering like why you had friends and maybe I don't think you need to make it about your family you could say didn't invite me me right yeah totally I completely agree I don't I think she has she has to talk to her brother about this she has to have a real conversation exactly in the way you described it 
where it's like, I'm not mad. I wanted you guys to have the perfect day that you guys wanted. It was, it was about you. And maybe even just some curiosity, like I'm just wondering what made it feel better for you not to have me there or not to have our family there. Because I think that there's some stuff there that, you know, maybe he's tried to tell her and she's just like, ah, it's just mom and dad being mom and dad or whatever that Mm -hmm. she hasn't really landed. And maybe she needs to hear it again about like the big picture of what brought him to that decision. And I think she can do that with like a curiosity instead of making him feel defensive, you know, or even bringing up, like, I know that mom and dad can be X, Y, Z. Is that part of what, you know, are those things, what made you guys make this decision? Or I'd love to hear more about it. I'm just very curious about how you came to this decision, friends and not family. Yeah. And I think, I think the other element of it where she says like he, they decided not to have kids. Maybe like that's just not as big of it. The wedding itself is, is not a big deal to them. Maybe they're just not really that into like traditional things that society traditionally values. They're not necessarily interested in kids. Maybe the wedding was just something that they were kind of like, just wanted to like have a very low key, like friend get together. I think it's, it's possible that it had to do with that too. Yeah, I I guess so. But I really do validate that she, how she feels about this. Like if it was really an elopement, like it was just the two of them and an officiant, fine. But to be inviting a large friend group. That's fair. You know, I, 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 I could see why she's upset and I really think it would be great to communicate around this. So it's funny because she asked for an intention around like basically how to just accept this or how to, you know, move past this and focus on the future. And I can help you with that. But I do think that it would be better for your relationship with your brother for you to understand why he did this before. And then you can move on, you know, and then you can say something like, oh, well, one day doesn't define our entire relationship. You know, you can do that. Mm -hmm. But I, I almost wouldn't recommend focusing on the future and moving past it without having a conversation about it and figuring out, because I do think whatever it is that was bothering him, you don't know. So that closeness I think is, is going to be diminished if you don't address it. Right. If you don't, I, and I also feel like since you'll know your brother forever, she'll know him forever. Eventually this will come out. Maybe not in the way that she would want it to come out like this feeling of res- it sounds like a, a kind of resentment that she wasn't invited or at least explained to why she wasn't invited. I can't imagine that they'll go the rest of their lives as siblings and this will never bubble to the surface if she right. doesn't take care of this conversation earlier. Totally. And look, the other thing is maybe there is something that she is doing. You know, I get it. We're very quick to, and I don't think it's her from what she described, but we're very quick to be like, well, maybe it's just this, or maybe it's just that, or maybe there really is something that you've done or are doing, or he was fearful of that made him not want to invite you. And that's obviously important information for you to have if you're going to move forward and continue a relationship with him. So I get it. The fact that he's sensitive is hard, but I think the fact that he's sensitive is probably part of what is making him cautious of how the wedding was handled. Maybe you guys are a lot more dysfunctional than you think. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's possible. I do think it's funny because for some people it's like, oh, he's just venting about my mom and dad. But for him, it might be like really intolerable, whatever it is that he's venting about. Right. 
And maybe it would be bring you guys closer if you could understand more that this isn't, that this is like a big deal for him, if that's what's happening. But I definitely think a conversation would be great. I'd love to hear the follow-up on this because I can see why it's hurtful that they were excluded, but I'm sure he probably has some decent reasons. I mean, you would imagine, but also like he didn't invite her family either, the wife's family either. Right. So that might be, there might be some, like you said, reasoning there, like he didn't want her mom to come and you know, he didn't want to have it on one side and not the other. And I could yeah. see that. I That's why, like, I kind of, because we've had complicated family dynamics, I could see sometimes making the choice to kind of be, like, friends only. So it's mm-hmm. not like, well, her mother was invited, but not my mother. And, like, this yeah. person was invited, but how come she brought three friends and I only brought, you know, two friends? Or it takes a lot of that stuff out of it if you can just kind of be like, all right, we're going to have these, like, uncomplicated friends come and that's going to be it. Maybe she doesn't like your family. I guess that's possible too. (laughs) Sorry to add more anxiety to her. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, if you weren't already worrying (laughs) about this. I mean, that's sometimes a a thing. Yeah. The only way to find out is to ask. So I'm not, I'm going to decline giving you an intention. Rejected. Sorry. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Like on just simply moving forward without a conversation. I don't think that's going to be great. I think you guys have to talk about it. And then once you have that conversation, then you can move forward and say, you know, I'm going to focus on the the strengths that our relationship have. I'm going to focus on, you know, moving forward with loving communication. And maybe this will bring you guys closer. We'll have that conversation right in with a follow-up. And then we'll give you an intention. Yes. That sounds perfect on how to move forward. Because even if you have the conversation, you might have some sticky thoughts and feelings that make it hard to accept that you weren't there for your brother. So, yeah. You've got to earn it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back with Jared Freed and our triggered game. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly has a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Get fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code OVERSHARING20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code OVERSHARING20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, with code OVERSHARING20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. And we are back with a very special trigger with a very special guest on a very special day. Please welcome Jared Freed to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, you said it. You, you said it to me a while. But this is my wedding day. 
This is um, <laughs> you. You nailed it. Yes. Uh, this feels very much like you know. I don't know if you guys felt this on your wedding day. You're like kind of embarrassed. You're like, okay, enough about me. You know, like yeah, yes. uh, yes. But also, why isn't yeah. everyone making sure I'm? <laughs> yeah. Also, why why me. isn't um, why aren't I the biggest comedian alive yet? You know, like you have that back and forth of like. I know nothing's going to happen, but something might happen. You know, you know, right. you know, maybe someone watches it that you don't expect. And but it's all been exciting. It's been a, you know, a fairy tale lead up to a fairy tale comedy special. I mean, to give context, because I guess we haven't actually said what what the day is. Right. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Everyone doesn't know. <laughs> For the five of you maybe listening who don't know Jared and don't know and haven't heard Today is the release of his Netflix special globally. Yes, our Netflix special. Yes. 37 and single. It's out. It's on Netflix. It's there. You can click on my face and watch an hour and seven minutes of comedy gold. So I want everyone to go watch it. It's funny. Along the lines of the, of the you know, it's your wedding day metaphor, I feel like the mother of the group yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I love like, it. Yeah. It's not about me, but it is about me. Yeah. yeah. I Have people said congratulations to you? Like, have, have you gotten do? How do people approach you about the special? People are very excited. It's a it's a big milestone. Naomi was very excited. She, oh, my gosh. She was so she texted excited. me. I had no idea. I mean, it was like that moment of I had no idea this was even a thing at all. And then I was like, holy shit, that's that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. So it is one of those things. And I'm, I, I wonder what the psychological thing is for this, Naomi. Like, I, I wonder, like, when you, they, you know, you have this thing of like, you're just hearing everything like you hear. You know, it is funny when people are like you're in the game, you a Netflix special? I thought you, you? you know, like, <laughs> you do get a lot of wait. You're like you know this. Right. You do this, you know, and right. you can't help yourself of like hearing every little echo in the voice of what someone's you know even a compliment. You're like, uh, can you just change that compliment a little to yeah. the right? Right, know? right. Was it said with the right level of enthusiasm? Right. Like. I, I see exactly what you're saying. It's funny. I just moved into my house and I'm get when I like a couple people have come by and when I'm giving them the tour of the house, I'm like, by the end of it, I'm like, are you like tired of like having to like perform your like, <laughs> tell you're me how like, amazing oh, everything is. Like, I love this color. <laughs> a bedroom. <laughs> like, Never yeah. seen one of those right? before. Yeah. Right. I'm like, by the end, I can imagine someone's like, okay, I'm like, because you have to have a certain tone in your voice. You can't be like, okay, let's go to the next room. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. It, like, that's great about the special. Yeah, that's it. It's enough. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think in order to have the high highs of like that compliment from that person is just like I'm floating. You're going to have to have that little tweaky thing on the other end of like, wait, why did he phrase it that way? Why didn't they say it this way? Or... You know, so I think you, that's just part of it. You're going to probably have, and I'm sure 
today or tomorrow, you're going to start having a whole new influx of now that everyone's heard it. Now, what do they think? And so I hope you could, if you need a little session to keep your head on straight, <laughs> I might let need me know, because I'm sure it's going to be a wild ride when you start getting feedback and it's Ooh. not all going to be good. I'm sure. Well, uh, well, I mean, we, it is interesting that it's going to be, I think it might be, we, we heard that it was going to be reviewed by the New York Times. And that's one of those that you go... Like, I mean, this segment is perfect for, like, how much should I be triggered by these little tiny things that are really just compliments or really just someone watched it and they did enjoy it? And, you know, what, how much do you need out of someone from this? And thinking of the New York Times is like, you know, that's one of those that, it like, I, I have never read a review of myself. Like, I've never been put into context I guess like and and I don't most of us haven't like I am kind of excited to see like what someone who has a rational thought like we see so much I, I think on the internet we think of commenters they're either right or they're the biggest fucking asshole you've ever heard so there's no nuance there's no like they either love me and they're right or they don't like me and they are a crazy person who came on the internet to say something negative and it's like both aren't true they're easy to dismiss right, right. so when you have like right. a yeah. review i'm like i'm like more curious to how i'll feel reading those words like i guess i'm hoping the review that i would give myself is the same i read from the guy who reviews the special do you know what i mean well, I feel like that's kind of a high expectation to have, you know. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm triggered. This is a 10. <laughs> I think I, I, I'm not like sitting here being like, I have the best special ever. You know, like I'm sitting here going. No, yeah. no I, th I think she's just saying it's about like expectations. Right. Like it's funny, like, again, to bring this back to maybe more relatable things, people who don't have a Netflix special <laughs> to your wedding day. Okay. Let's say it's your right, wedding, right, right? right? Like, how do I get triggered by like, I hear my mother-in-law saying like, she didn't like the appetizer choices right. or something like that. Like, or like, how do I, you know, how do I not get annoyed that every little thing that goes wrong, that might go wrong on this day. And I think maybe, maybe we should have had you on for intentions in terms of like, we're recording this a day early, yes. the episode that it hasn't come out yet. Dr. Naomi, what, what tips do you have for Jared going into this day to keep him sane and to let him enjoy it without maybe getting bogged down in something that might derail him it sounds yeah, like that this is a good idea yes. because i am a fan of the show the intention segment i love listening to it it is funny that someone's just repeating dr naomi's mantra to themselves like i i it's funny when you give the intention dr naomi i always repeat it to myself and see how it feels for a second <laughs> oh, good i like, <laughs> like that i'm like yeah. let me try this on and, <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't relate to me because sometimes it's like I will go through with the pregnancy. And I'm like, I don't know. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone around you is looking at yeah, you well, like, what is this guy talking well, about? Yeah, uh, but I, I, I would like this. this is, yeah, th this would be very helpful. It would be funny that like tomorrow someone sees me and I'm just going, you're going to go through life knowing not everyone's going <laughs> to like you. Just me repeating it to myself. I mean, it's All right. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that comes to mind for me, especially when you're talking about a New York Times review, mm. right? It's like coming back to at least they're talking about me. Right. Like, that's huge. Like, right. even if it's bad, people might be like, let me go check out what's so bad about right, this. Right. And then they might <laughs> and then they might be like, you know what? I disagree. I thought this was really funny. I mean, I think that's the thing about comedy. It's like 
what somebody likes isn't going to be what somebody else likes. You know, what, what strikes you might not be, but I think the fact that everyone's talking about it, so maybe even just coming back, the more talk there is, right. if it's good, if it's bad, people are paying attention to you, which I think it's sort of like your wedding, you know, coming back to that same analogy. It's like, all right, you're here. Mm-hmm. Everyone's here. We're doing this. Everyone's like coming together for me. People might like the appetizers. Some people might like my dress. Some people might not like my dress, but everyone's here. I'm in the spotlight for this one day. This is my day. So I mean, and for you, I think it's going to be, I'm hoping more than a day. I think it's just going to catapult you. I, well, I appreciate but, that. Thank you. And I, I do think like the worst review you write would be meh. Take it or leave right. it. You know, right. like that would probably be the, the or no one, no one even ta- saying right. no review what they all. thought of it. Right. Because I listen when I told my parents, like to them, they were like Netflix. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I think the New York Times. They're like, what? Like that was like, oh my. To them, I think they were like, well, I guess our friends are gonna know about it now. You know, like right. That's one of those places that is like a hotbed for that group too. Yes. Yeah. And I honestly, your name is going to be in there. The name of your special is going to be in there and that's it. And people are looking at it. And, you know, even if they don't, a lot of people won't even read the whole review. They'll just see the headline with you and your name and like, great, you know, let me go check that out. It's in the New York Times. If they're anything like me, they'll only read the headline and then go with that. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) But I mean, I've seen it. It's an incredibly funny special. So you know, the New York Times is going to love it. I'm so excited. That's like my plans for tonight. That's what I'm doing. Thank I'm excited. You. Very. Uh, yeah. It's all been wonderful. It's all been like, a, it's been a dream, a dream come true. And my secondary dream come true is to come on here with you guys and talk about these crazies and their problems. <laughs> Triggers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Speaking of people who can't handle anything and get triggered easily. I connect let's... with these people. I can I connect with their issues like that little tiny thing. I connect with the triggered segment because I do have this thing all the time of like you do kind of do the, you know, the the office like you're on the episode of the office and you're like, is anyone else seeing this? Like, I think that's like. Right. This whole right. segment in a nutshell. You want validation. Right. Totally. That your feelings of feeling like this person is crazy are accurate. Right. That even feels just to be read on the triggered segment. You're like, OK, at least I hit a nerve with, you know, Dr. Naomi and Jordana like that. They do like, OK, the world must know. Right. Totally. Give us your triggered. We'll start with your triggered. Here's my predicament. I took the red eye from L.A. to New York, but I, there's two red eyes. There's a 9 p.m. and a 10 p.m. So I was like, I'll take the 9 p.m. because it will get me into New York at like 5 a.m. And hopefully I'll beat traffic to right. the city. That's like a big part of the red eye flight is not it's not just the flight. It's that hour in the car trying to get home from the flight. So mm-hmm. we land and the ding doesn't go off. And you're like. Why isn't the, you know, to stand up and we're sitting there and it's like 20 minutes and I'm like, we're losing this valuable pre-traffic time. Yes. And they, then they open the door to the plane. They say, please don't stand up, please. That's when they come over the loudspeaker. No one stands up. Why? Right. And I'm going, (laughs) let me me just, let me interject. Do you know that Jeff actually has a shirt? That he wears on the plane that says, do not stand up when the plane lands. <laughs> because his, his trigger is when people like rush the aisle right. and he's like, I'm waiting like a civilized human. Right. 
And well, if standing <laughs> isn't going to make it go any faster. Right. It's right. Really Have thing. some class. Right. You know, like, you know, right. when, when, <laughs> like, you're just like, I always, I'm like overly polite. I'm like, no, you first. Like, I want right. to show people that I'm like <laughs> right. Jeff, you know? It's it's interesting that we're all like we're such animals that like no one stood like you didn't hear that ding, so no one stood. It was weird. Well trained, right? Well trained, well trained right. dogs. And they the door <laughs> opens, and a bunch of police officers come into the plane. So we got action here, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? I didn't hear anything. They start bringing people off the plane. It was like the guess who board. Like who? It was uh, this is just people. Like it was like something happened, and they bring off like there's like a Hasidic guy, you know, a white woman. Like it was like uh, you know they're like picking random people. It felt as ra- like none of them seemed connected. Like it was like okay. a Latino man, you know, a black guy, you know, like, like by name. No, or no, they're no, just they're not, grabbing who they can. They're not calling out <laughs> racial types. No, they're, they're just right. the randomness of who came off by the by the okay. cops. So like you go, what happened back there? Like you're just like, and then they get them off the plane. All the like ten people, and then the cops go away, and then you hear ding, and we're like, okay, we just <laughs> have to get up and like hold on, pretend that never happened, right? Right, right. right. and and I'm like. We're all just like, can we have a story? And I look at the flight attendant and I'm like, of course, I'm like, you know, my mom. I, I turn into my mom right away. I'm like, what was that all about? Like immediately. And <laughs> the flight attendant goes, just drama. And I was like, and like, can you tell me the rest of the story? And they're like, yeah, we can't. I was so annoyed the rest of the day. Not Now I'm sitting in traffic because we're late, sitting there mad at these random people for a story I never even got. Like how I was, I was at a 10. Right. They should be obligated to give you the story. Exactly my point. If that's going to happen. Or at least some version Context. of what, you know, it's so funny because the first, when you first said that and you said that you were waiting 20 minutes before and there was no ding, even at that moment, I was like, they should be coming on right. and saying, there's a line, there's a this, whatever it is, because it just helps you feel a little bit more in control of the situation in that moment where you're like, okay, there's something happening. I don't know what it is, but like I have some information which soothes me. Right. So yeah, I could see being triggered by getting like drama. That's the answer. That's it, right. Right. (laughs) Should I look in the times to see if this fight was reviewed? (laughs) You know? Especially to a group of people that have all been up all night. Right. You're going to give us nothing. This was like... Yeah. And also, we're going home. Give us a story. Give us something to tell on a podcast. You know, like we... You know, like, like, <laughs> yeah, drama. Totally. Wow, I do wonder what it was. I could definitely. There was. I we had a situation right outside my house. There were like a bunch of cops out there for a long time, and I went out, and I'm kind of like, what's going? You know, it's like literally right outside of my house, and they would give me nothing, right. no information. So frustrating. There should be one police officer whose job is to just like gossip. Like, yeah, <laughs> public relations. Right. Just, hey, <laughs> oh, so I, I don't want to say anything, but here's what happened. They even right, play up right. the whole thing. I don't want to say anything, but, you know, that guy in right. the back of the plane, they didn't have the kosher meal. He freaked out the woman next to him. <laughs> you know, escorted said, out. Go fuck yourself. Like, just give me something. Like, I like. Right. I don't know. that Getting the story just, like, oozes over me of, like, goodness. Just, like, it's like a, 
you know, it's like fast food, you know, just give me something. Yeah. It makes it worth it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I would give yours like a, a six. Okay. I was going to say six. I was going to say six. Yeah. That's all I needed. Yeah. Six, six works for me. I mean, you said it was a 10, I mean, <laughs> so, but I'm glad, I'm glad it, that it's, uh... I've, re- I've relaxed in the week and a half since this happened. <laughs> right. I think a 10 would be like if the flight attendants then started like insulting you or yelled at you for even asking <laughs> yeah. or <laughs> yeah. What, why do you need to know? Yeah. What are you writing a book? <laughs> I used to hate right. that. Like you'd ask a question as a kid. What are you writing a book? Yes, I am. I'm writing a book about all of you. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now that you're being reviewed by the times, yeah. it's going to sell pretty well. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. All right, well, let's do some listener triggers. I know this is your favorite segment. It's my favorite. And I'll read the first one. And by the way, if you, again, in case you guys haven't heard it, 37 and single, it's on Netflix right now, globally, wherever you are, check it out. Yeah, play it for two minutes. Just if you're sitting here being like, I'm not going to watch that whole thing. Two minutes. Just go. Two minutes. Pl- play it. Help a guy out. Please. Please. I have nothing. <laughs> the New York Times hates my special. Please. Hi, Jordana and Dr. Naomi. Love you both. Betches and oversharing. I have a triggered scenario for you. My boss is a middle-aged man that is overall great and very kind. However, he has one habit that is making me absolutely crazy. We work long hours and often have food brought in and or extra food around the break room to be eaten for lunch, snacks, dinner, etc. Every time I'm in the break room making myself something and he comes in, he comments on whatever it is I'm making. Just now, I was making a PB&J, and he started singing the 2000 smash hit, Peanut Butter Jelly Time. Do you guys remember that song? Yeah. That was my best rendition as a (laughs) non-performer. Yesterday, I grabbed a few Oreos as a snack, and he commented, cookies? It's rare that cookies are healthier than the lunch option, because that day, the catered lunch was pizza. (laughs) Another day recently... I was making a peanut butter sandwich as a snack, and he commented, you love those peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> that one's the most annoying. The, yeah. I agree. I this is, yeah. I, I know he's just making these comments <laughs> to fill the silence in the room, but I wish he would comment on literally anything else. How triggered would you all be? To me, this is starting to inch its way towards an eight or so. I also have a history with disordered eating, which I think is definitely playing into my triggeredness. Again, love you both. Thank you for all you do. And thank you in advance if this trigger makes it on the show. Signed, get out of the kitchen, Betch. Jared, what do you think? What would you? What number would you give this? The disordered eating at the end of it, like, tells you everything. Like, I, I mean, all three of us are on the same page. It's like, 
I don't want commentary on what I'm eating. Like, I don't want that. That's the one that I would be like. It's funny, like in the beginning, like if you just complain about like, oh, this guy's singing peanut butter jelly time in the in the kitchen. Like some of these triggers, like the writer's the problem, you know, like it would be like if they went to HR, they'd be like, oh, we got to be careful around Janet. She can't handle anything, you know, but then when you get to you love those PB and J's, (laughs) I would be like, I don't love anything. How about we stop noticing me at this office? And what I like, are you counting? What are you writing a book? You know, I, I, (laughs) it's like when the waiter comes over and is like, whoa, we guess we were hungry. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah, that's why you came to a fucking restaurant. That's very annoying. Yeah. Right. right. (laughs) You get a tip that's a percent of the bill. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Why don't we all shut up? And 5% is deducted for every comment about how much food is left on my plate. Right, I yeah. just don't need the context of how much I love it. So I, I, it's that one out of the three that makes it like a seven for me. I could see that. I do. Th- I, and I totally agree. And I think when you have that background, anyone making comments, I agree, is, is triggering. I think this guy doesn't know how to relate to her. He's older than her. He's just trying to make conversations. So doesn't, I don't think realize how annoying this is even the first one was like kind of funny because it was like you know um but i agree after the third comment it's very annoying but i don't think he means any harm although i would be like the waiter doesn't mean any harm when they're like you know ooh, i remember going out this was in high school and you know we got some kind of dessert like me and a bunch of my friends and within 30 seconds like the whole thing was gone and the guy came over and he was like, do you savages want another? That was like the intro into waiters commenting on, you know, so I, I get it. I think after the third comment, I'd agree with the seven. The first two, maybe I'd be like, right. okay, this is a five. But like now we're really getting annoying. Well, because now it's kind of like now I don't feel comfortable like yes. even making that again because I don't want you to come in here and like talk about it. Right. I just right. want to. I would be like going out for lunch, I think, after this. Right. The, scenario. the most annoying part about this is like you can't. It's hard to do something about it. Like, I think the the, the helplessness of mm-hmm. this because you loved her uh, peanut butter. and je- Like this guy, you're right. He doesn't know. Like, he has no idea. And if you you love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, if your response is, hey, Mike, why don't we not talk <laughs> about what I like and don't like and just be professional? Like, there's no way out. Like, you, there's no way for you, can't you say not that. to sound like the asshole. Like, they're yeah. just fun. Hey, look at yes. that. There's PB&J. Yes. You love a PB&J. Yes. You know, like, they, I also, this highlights a great fear of mine that I have is the description of my boss is a middle-aged man. Like we just, it's <laughs> <laughs> all you need to know. Though, right, kind right. Of. right. It's like all you need to know. Cause middle-aged men in 2023 are not thinking that like you might be sensitive about like people commenting on what you're eating. And middle-aged men don't think of themselves as middle-aged men. They think of themselves right. as fun, yes. fun dude like, in the funny. office. Like, right. If, right, if, right. if I if I heard a triggered segment written from a Betches employee being like, so 
this middle-aged man comes in and does the U Up podcast every week. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would be shattered. Like, right. <laughs> I'd be like, no, 38 it's isn't that right. old. No, 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 we die right. at 100 now. It's all, you know, 38 right. to do 28. You know, like I, because yeah. just I, men in general just don't, they're 25 forever. So like this guy just thinks he's like, in his mind, it's I'm the cute guy in the office to this young woman, not middle-aged right. man. Right. Totally. Right, making her uncomfortable. Right. I, I agree. think so I think psychologically too, like you said, the part that probably is really actually triggering her is this idea of like if because she has had issues with eating disorders in the past, is this idea of like now I have to maybe hide what I'm eating or I have to take it and make it in my office or I have to eat in secret and it has to be kind of the shameful process of eating, which I think is probably that's the part that for me when I think about it shoots it up from right. you know a five to like an eight is that now she feels like she has to be shamed or you know driven into a corner where she's like taking the peanut butter and jelly bringing it to her office and like making it secretively dr naomi you're so you're yeah. so right because i used to like eat very regimented i like lost a bunch of weight when i was like in college and i started eating like tablespoons of peanut butter like as a snack and i would do it in a tablespoon because that was just like what regimen I was on that I could handle. And then when I started being like, ah, you know, I'm in the next phase of life. I don't want to do this anymore. The, the most annoying conversation to me was like, where's the peanut butter? It's like, yeah, I'm doing a new thing now. Like I, I mm -hmm. like all. And, and to me, it was like someone being like, oh, you're giving up. You know, like if you're not yes. doing yes. this other regimented thing, it's like, oh, you must be just having burgers and fries now if you're not doing peanut butter. And you know, it's like, well, I have a new thing. But it's not, you know, if they, again, that person was trying to make conversation as much as this guy is, you know. But I, totally. I understand the gut punch of noticing my eating. I hate that. Yes, yes, yes. And it's for you, it's triggering, or for anyone in that situation, a reminder of like, okay, I had this super control. Now I have like maybe a little less control right. and then it gets in, in your head. What does it mean that I have a little less control? Am I going off the handle? Maybe I should get on the scale. Am I losing control of this? And now you start kind of spiraling. So yeah, I get this. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll go with a seven. I was going to call it a five just because I think that he's just like, I don't know. I just feel like he thinks he's like being nice by like making conversation. Yeah. I was going to say the way like someone would be like, I love your outfit or your shoes, like, and, but he can't say that. So I think he's just grabbing on to something, and I think yeah. his intentions are pure. But I see. Well, I guess it'd annoying. be like the consistency is him going. I guess we're wearing that shirt again. <laughs> you love that, or you love that shirt, That's right? Right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be very annoying too, right. which would be triggering. But again, like I think if if she if she made it about something that she had maybe no heightened sensitivity around i think she would be like he's really just trying to make conversation right right well that that example yeah. shows the part that if let's say she didn't have a lot of money and she really didn't have a lot of shirts and she was kind of wearing the same shirt over and over right. again yeah. and it was like this little trigger to something more personal she'd probably be super offended that he noticed that she was wearing the same shirt great same thing with you know her having disordered eating in the past so yeah that's what that's the whole essence of triggered it's like it's really kind of about your own stuff. Absolutely. Totally agree. Speaking of that, I think the next one really shows that. <laughs> Obviously. Naomi, you want to read it? Sure, I'll read this one. Okay. 
Hi, Dr. Naomi and Jordana. I have a triggered scenario I'd like to get your advice on. My boyfriend and I have been together for about three and a half years, and it's had its ups and downs. In the beginning, there was a lot of infidelity and uncertainty with his ex. At this point, I'm no longer worried about the ex, but it did some damage to me mentally. She lives in my brain rent-free, and let's just say she takes up a lot of space. I'm actively trying not to think about her, but one thing is really bothering me. My boyfriend continues to use a beach towel that he got with her on their last vacation together, a vacation that was meant to be one last effort to mend their toxic relationship before breaking up. This doesn't include the overlap after he met me. I heavily associate this beach towel with him breaking up with me after he brought it on a short vacation we took with friends. I thought it was weird that he had brought it in the first place as he had never used it around me in the past. Once we returned home, he told me that he was sorry, but that he wasn't over his ex and could no longer date me. Fast forward, and we now live together, and our relationship is stronger than it's ever been, but he continues to keep this beach towel in his car. He mainly uses it for gross things, cleaning up car spills, drying off after the rain, as a sweat towel, etc. Every time he asks me to grab it for him or I see him use it, I can't help but be triggered. Am I crazy? Can I ask him to retire the towel? Crazy betch. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> this is great. I, I find this extremely triggering. <laughs> back, going back to insecurities that people have in right. relationships. I would be like, it's got to go. I would just throw it out and not even tell him. Right. <laughs> like secretly. Oh, yes. I forgot it. I used right. it to clean my, you know, bottom of my shoe and I left it outside. Exactly. And then make him the crazy one for like, for it, if, he got, if he got upset. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, right. that's actually really sadistically a good plan. <laughs> Very manipulative. The way you two just came together for that being a good idea is... <laughs> Dr. Naomi should lose her license. It, it is. Un- <laughs> Ooh, good oh, one. Make him the crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree. This is triggering. Like it is absolutely bizarre for him to use this towel as if he's like a toddler with his binky. Like to, yeah. to right. have like such a specific towel. I have nothing. No item in my life matters to me like that like or like also used how, like that how did she even know that that's where he got the towel i'm like a little confused by the email I, like i guess uh, maybe she asked like he, met, do, he must you, have mentioned it right why do you carry around a beach towel with you everywhere like he, he's using it a lot that's what he I'm saying. bought it on this trip with his, is that what it is? He bought it on this like mending the relationship trip, but the mending obviously didn't work. So it almost symbol- symbolizes like the end of the relationship, but still, why, why is he keeping it? Or maybe it means nothing to him. Jared, what do you think as well, a guy? You I, think it just, he's just using it. He likes it. It works well. I think that's a, it's, it's functional. Like it, it is just right. a towel. Like I can't, if he was, that's why your plan works. Like, throw it away oh i just saw that towel i threw it away if he does have an issue with it like he obviously thinks of this towel highly in a way that i've never thought of any this kind of reminds me of like when we've talked about it on you up where you know oh you have all these gifts from your your ex and you're like well Mm -hmm. it was just in my closet i just didn't clean it out like we can talk you know like that means nothing you know like i really don't like keep these gifts to like remind me of a time that was past or you know i i don't know that's me but i also tend to believe that most people are very much alike so like to me for him to like have this like 
backstory with the towel that she has would be a little bizarre. Yeah. And I think she can, I mean, she can go one route, which is just throwing it out and then making him the crazy one if he gets upset. Or she could say like, she could tell him, I'm going to throw out this towel. It reminds me of that trip that you took with your ex while we were kind of dating. And like, it, makes, it gives me bad memories every time I see it. It makes me kind of annoyed. So I'm going to throw it out. If you'd rather me be annoyed every time I see the towel, we can keep it. <laughs> right. right. It's up to you. It's your choice. Right. That's the thing. Like, he has no idea that he is like waving around a red cape in front of a bull like he has has no idea like in my mind like to me her being triggered by the towel is like not the craziest thing in the world you know this is like you know you had it with this last girlfriend who was on a trip that meant a lot to you that is like a big you know part of your story that he broke up you know tried to get back with you you've had an up and down past you're better than ever then the relic of this issues that you guys have had is being brought with you everywhere you go like I can totally understand like hey get rid of it it just makes me annoyed and brings me to memories that I don't want to remember that's why it's like for him it's gotta like I I can't understand that he would want like just like you said Jordana like why would you want a fight yeah and if he does then again there's like something that maybe you're not better than ever yes right then it's worth I, I totally agree I don't think it makes her crazy they're living together. They're in a serious relationship. I don't think it makes her crazy for to say, for her to say, hey, this towel is triggering to me. Can we get rid of it? And hopefully he'll just be like, sure. Like, let's say it was a T-shirt from like Carlos and Charlie's. Like, you know, like. <laughs> right, right. Like that would be weird if he was like, oh, you know, wearing the T-shirt. We we would think it was like not crazy at all. Like if he was like, oh, this T-shirt. Yeah, it's from the breakup trip I had with my ex-girlfriend. All right, let's. Go to dinner, (laughs) you know, like it would be weird. (laughs) Right. Totally agree. So, yeah, I would give this personally, I would give this, I would give it a seven. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, maybe because I haven't been personally affected in the same way. I could see it in your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe I'd give this, I'd give it a six, I think. I think it's a seven, but it's easily fixable. Like it's right. If he gets rid of it, it goes, it goes away. It's over. Like in. Honestly, if she finds a new thing that has a memory attached to it, maybe she's the problem. Like, you know, it's like, you know, the towel. <laughs> that's that's a good point. You know, like, yeah. if, if it doesn't go away with the towel and you're still holding on to this, then, like, there's other issues at play. Like, I can understand if it's just the towel. Oh, fuck this towel. I, it brings me to a place. Right. I get that. Like, but it's a seven that should be gone right away. It shouldn't be, you know, this trigger shouldn't live on. I totally agree. I think if it was, if it's just the towel, it's gone. If it's not, she's not over. Right. She hasn't, she hasn't fully like gotten over whatever happened in their past. Yeah. Or maybe just worth a conversation. Cause let's say he replaced, you know, he has some other, like, let's just say <laughs> devil's advocate that he is still like mourning the loss of his other relationship or clinging to some kind of thing. It's worth a conversation. Like, let's say he gets rid of the towel and then all of a sudden there appears, like you said, a T-shirt or something. And she's like, all right, we got to address this, you know, clinging or at least her feelings about it. Right. And I could see her being upset. That that sounds like it was kind of an overlap and he was picking between the two of them. And I think this was probably a terrible time in her life. And this towel is representative of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's weird because it's kind of like, I think there is an insecurity around someone having been even having happy, fun memories with someone else when it's kind of like there shouldn't be because people had lives before they met you. 
But I think there can be this feeling of like, I want to just feel that you don't think or miss that other person, which even if they do, I don't think means yeah. that your relationship isn't valid or is doomed. But I think that's an interesting topic we can explore in a later episode. Well, Jared, thank you so much for coming on today. Everyone go listen to 37 and single on Netflix, wherever you are in the world, watch, check it out. You're going to love it. It's hysterical. I've seen it. Naomi's seen you live also in Dallas. And I know. Oh my God. I was laughing so hard. I can't wait for this special. When I saw you live, I was like, you know, it made me feel like I want to go to, you know, a million shows. It was really, really fun. I was laughing really hard. So I'm, I'm excited to sit down and watch this. Thank you both. It's a pleasure being here. This is on my podcast rotation. Not every day. Yes. Does someone get to go on the show that they listen to and be a part of the fun game? So it is amazing to be here, and I love the show. And I'm you were like an OG podcaster, so that is very <laughs> right. That's a yes. high compliment. A middle-aged so. podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were never going to come back after the last one because we were like, I felt like there, I was maybe digging like just a <laughs> little too deep. And then you were like, all right, I'm out. I'm done. I had a so, great time. Um, it was the most negativity I ever got from a podcast. People really didn't like me making fun of the triggered person. <laughs> well, these we were more sympathetic. Right. To. I, 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 we make fun of because we love, you know, the listeners will be. I, I, I don't know how anyone could disagree with us. We're always right. So exactly. <laughs> Tell the New York Times Yeah, that. that's right. Thank you guys for having me. Congrats again, and we'll see you guys next week on Oversharing. That's our time. Great work today. Oversharing is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Salz-McCann. Editing by Basilio Perez. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Send your advice emails to oversharing at Betches.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-363-6294. 1st to our sponsor, First Response. A lot of us test more than once. That's why First Response created the Triple Check Pregnancy Test Kit, which includes three different tests all in one box. The kit includes the early results pregnancy test, one digital pregnancy test, plus one rapid result pregnancy test that gives you fast results in just one minute on the day of your missed period or any day thereafter. Each test in the kit offers a different way to learn your results so when the time comes, you feel as confident as possible. All First Response Pregnancy Test products are available for purchase at all major retailers in-store and online. Be sure to pick one up today. Batches.